What's up, everybody? This episode of the podcast is sponsored by DistroKid. Super stoked to have DistroKid supporting the podcast. They're the go-to for digital distribution and the easiest way for musicians to get music into Spotify, iTunes, Amazon, TikTok, YouTube, and more. They offer unlimited uploads and artists keep 100% of their earnings in stores 10 to 20 times faster than any other distributor. Fastest payouts, they help out with automatic splits, cover song clearance. I really dig this company and I dig their business model that offers more features than any other distributor at the most affordable price possible for solo musicians, artists, bands, DJs, performers, and any other creators that are recording music in their home. And they also offer label services as well. The best part about DistroKid supporting the podcast is that they are offering Dan Cable Presents listeners 30% off your first year of membership, which is absolutely huge, making their already affordable memberships even cheaper. So check out the link in the episode notes. I will put that there, or you can also find it in my link tree in my Instagram bio. Click that link and it will give you 30% off that sign up. Can't thank DistroKid enough for sponsoring the podcast. Let's start the episode. What is happening, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Dan Cable Presents Podcast. Thank you for tuning in to the program once again. This is your first time listening. Thanks for checking out the show. Fresh episodes coming at you every Friday. And you've got iDig Records in store for you on this episode, which are coming out every other week. We got volume 14 with my cousin, Rob Bobby Grooves. And uh, this time around, we are talking about the iconic Steely Dan album, Asia. Stoked to share the chat that Cuzzo and I had talking about this record, and we'll get into that momentarily. Please subscribe, rate, review on iTunes if that is where you are listening from or uh, wherever else you're listening to. Subscribing is super helpful in growing this show and uh, it just helps strangers find the podcast if we can get it in those tops of those iTunes charts and a great way to contribute to the sustainability of this thing and appreciate the hell out of all the folks that have already taken the time to leave those reviews. And I'll put in the episode notes links for the Spotify playlist that I've been putting out every month. And you can also find the podcast now on Spotify, so you can follow it there. If you're listening to those playlists, please give it a, uh, a like and a follow. I'm trying to keep those playlists very wide genre wise and give people a little bit of everything and really just kind of a look into uh what i mean when i say i listen to everything and um i'll also put the link in the episode notes for the dan cable presents it's a program shirts as well as the link to the mugs there and uh thanks so much for for checking this thing out and uh continuing to tune in if like I said, if you're if you're new to the show, um, these I Dig Records episodes are coming out every other week now, 
and that's just my cousin and I diving into some records. Um, he's one of my best buds and also an incredible musician himself. He plays in some really dope groups, High Pulp and, uh, and Sun King, both out of Seattle. Always enjoy hearing his takes on records and, uh, and music. So it's been a lot of fun doing uh, this series of the podcast with him. And uh, every Friday, you can hear conversations that I have with with artists, mostly musicians, and uh, covering all genres there as well. We got Strange Hotels coming on the podcast, coming back on the podcast, which I'm stoked about. That'll come out this Friday. And last week, I had Daniel G. Harmon of Distro Kid on the podcast, which was awesome to talk to him about his own music as well as dive into the ins and outs of distro kid, who is uh, kindly sponsoring this podcast. And the week before I had Portland, Oregon band stoner control on the podcast, one of my favorite bands out of Portland. So, uh, yeah, if this is your first time, go back, Check out some uh, some previous episodes of iDig Records as well as some of the, the interviews that I'm doing. And uh, we're going to get into this one. Volume 14 of iDig Records. Let's do the damn thing. I just want everybody to know that iDig Records. iDig Records, bro. I'm so excited to do Feely Dan. iDig Records, bro. I'm so excited. You're excited? Yeah. This is I Dig Records. Stoked. This is a new volume, format. 13.5. <laughs> or I guess it's like 14 and the next one's 14.5 or something. But yeah. No, it's all it's all one at a time now. We're I know, not, I know. There's none of this 0.5 I know. shit. But it does sort of bother me that the first 13 are covering two records and then moving on, you know, here on out, we're doing one record. You know, doesn't it? It just, you know, I'm just saying. But that's, you know. Well, you know, true. we're going to see how it works out. And yeah. uh, hopefully this kind of serves the conversations a little bit better. So we have, we don't feel like we're, you know, crunched for time on yeah, one record. Because we're not trying to, you know, keep you guys for two hours. But we also, you know, like to go off on tangents and, you know, talk in depth about the songs and this and that. So. It also means that some of the episodes will be nice and short, too. We're yeah, just free. Also, hey, free. people can listen as long as they want to listen for it. Yeah, if they want to hang in for in, until we get to peg, cool. If they want to hang in through the whole thing, they want to stretch the whole record. Hell yeah. Then let's leave, go. If you want to hear some geography Josie. tangents, you know? Oh, man. Sorry, I just turned. I couldn't hear what you just said because I just turned on Josie full blast and it, it overpowered you. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, what'd you say? I was just saying that you know sometimes we will uh, we might hit a geography tangent. In yes, the middle like of, last time, uh, a record. Like last time, did we talk about daylight savings last time too? No, we did not talk about daylight savings. Do you have that's something a, you want to share about it? I no. I mean, I just feel like nobody's into it you know nobody's into it like we shouldn't shift the time anymore even yeah even like the fucking farmers who it's supposed to help like hate the shit so i'm also talking out of my ass but i I, you know i just feel like yeah how many farmers did you consult with 
Oh, you know, the internet. Oh, <laughs> 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 uh, yeah. No. All That's right. Awesome. Cool. No, it feels feels good to be be free of, of all of the, oh, you got to get through two records. You know, it's a lot. So, yeah. We're doing Asia by Steely Dan. Fuck, yeah. I would say that this might be, like, one of the the more popular iconic albums that we have done mm-hmm. in this podcast so far um i would maybe say that phil collins's no jacket required is probably like mm-hmm. right up there as well as far as mainstream success yeah what else i don't remember any of the things we've done but yeah i think that <laughs> that phil collins record was fucking huge uh right I think Asia, though, was also fucking huge, which is exactly it, what yeah. you just said. I don't really know how big it was. Um, but several I, I Grammy nominations. Yeah, okay, and cool. And won the Grammy for Best Engineered Album of that year, which cool. rightfully so. Yeah, interesting. Um, I like, that'd be, yeah, that'd be fucking cool if, uh, if, like, you could turn on the radio in 1977 and this is on, you know? Well, I think some of these songs for sure. Yeah. I think you I think you did hear some of these songs like Deacon Blues and Peg Deacon on the radio at that time. Um that's I know what, this that's is, what radio this, today is missing, I tell you what. So this is like a record that came out of your collection. For anybody that doesn't know, we did this discog style where uh Rob and I both have our discog catalogs available. Maybe we can put those those links in the episode notes so people can see why yeah. we're both broke. Yeah. But um, I got a we lot decided of to, to uh, each pick a record out of each other's um, collection. Well, three. We, we picked three. We picked three, and then you picked Madden. one out yeah. of that three, yeah. and I did the same. And uh, yeah, this is one I picked out of your collection. A record that I know how like highly it's held mm-hmm. in uh, many musicians' eyes, um, but one that I had only listened to front to back one time before, and uh, realized that you know I knew a few of these jams from people playing them and at different places. But I know this is one that you're super well versed in and is like near and dear to your heart. So I'm stoked to hear like what what you love about this record and like what your early memories of like being uh you know brought into this one are yeah um i first heard steely dan i think it was probably gaucho um the record that came after asia and we were driving back from bellingham we were driving home nick and i probably at some point when like we were like 19 20 maybe and nick was like i've been listening like to only like steely dan lately you know what i mean and uh he was like have you ever listened to steely dan and i was like i knew the name but i hadn't really ever listened and he put in the the gaucho tape he had it on a tape and um of course he did yeah and i mean it's like fucking three bucks you know um and he put it in and I was like, this sucks. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I was like, this is fucking lame. You know what I mean? I was like, and it's funny because I was, we had a, 
uh, weekend retreat the other weekend with High Pulp and and Scott was you know High Pulp is like like Andy and I love Steely Dan you know and uh, Scoop just like doesn't get it he's like this sounds corny you know yeah he's like this <laughs> this is like lame you know what I mean like it's like it's like it's never like really going for it it's never like really loud or really quiet it's just sort of like super vanilla and i'm like yeah dude that's exactly how i felt that's exactly how i felt but i really don't know i think i got i think i kept giving them a chance and i got ooh, that's how i really got into them was i realized that um i always loved the song champion by kanye off of um graduation and that's a Steely Dan sample from Kid Charlemagne, which is off of the Royal Scam record. And I, I looked it up because I was like, what is that sample? You know, it's so, <coughs> such a classic sample. And yeah. uh, lo that's and behold. from the record before Asia. Yeah, exactly. Um, and lo and behold, that was from that record. And I was like, okay, like I should really, should really keep going on the Steely Dan thing. And then I sort of just learned that, yeah, like, or I just accepted, embraced that like it is like really like pristine and sort of like can totally sound like it's just like not it's it just you know it sounds like it's like I don't know what the word is even but you know what I mean it's incredibly technically sound and polished yeah but it can feel flat and boring and soulless you know what i mean if you're if you're not i feel like watching that documentary that i told you to watch about this record Mm -hmm. really helped i feel like um as i got deeper into like you know my instrument and and just like appreciating other instruments and their talents more like this is a crazy technical record um fucking wayne shorter's on this record um, so many good musicians yeah bernard Verdi, which is michael mcdonald in- yeah yeah i i found that to be like a really cool thing about this record you yeah know, and I'm, I'm glad you i'm glad you encouraged me and almost made it mandatory that i it was mandatory we could have done this podcast this like four days ago yeah and i was like no watch that and we'll no, do this you later will watch <laughs> yeah. that and i watched it and then i actually listened to it again today while i was at work yeah and it was cool to just like know that these these dudes like really had a, a vision. Yeah. Like Donald Fagan and Walter Becker yeah. knew what they wanted and what they figured out is that they just needed to open it up to a bunch of session players to make right. the record that they really wanted to and right. which was I guess pretty easy at that point because they were kind of steely Dan at that point. Yeah, they were definitely a thing, you know. Yeah. And then also just so much respect that like in 74, these dudes decide like, hey, we don't really like touring. We don't really give a (laughs) shit maybe about playing live so much. We just want to make really good records. And they just decided we're not going to. Yeah. And still going to have this banging music career where we take 19 years off from touring. I want to see them so bad. I actually, we have, I have tickets. I was going to see them. They were doing a tour right before the pandemic. And I think that those tickets, 
I, I think that they just got pushed. I don't think they're refunded. So I think I technically have tickets, but that'd be amazing, dude. Yeah. So I, yeah, I, it's such, this is such an interesting record because I understand in a similar way to like when people are like, I don't get guided by voices, you know, it's like yeah. in a completely different way, but in, you know, a similar place, I'm like, yeah, I totally understand like why Asia for you might, you know, sound like it's just phoning it in, you know what I mean? But it's actually like the absolute opposite in my, in my opinion. And, um, yeah, that documentary, the one we're talking about is just on YouTube. If you just type in Steely Dan Asia, um, it's, it is so cool that they just dropped, like you said, the touring thing. And they basically, I mean, sort of fired their band, I guess. They just like ended it with their band because they, they were always the two songwriters. And they were just like, look, we're going to split our time between New York and L.A. And we're going to get amazing session players. And we, because I think at that point they were writing music that was a little more demanding than what their bandmates could do from their hometown, you know, that they just grew up playing with um, or yeah. whatever the fuck, you know. And it also seems like maybe, <clears throat> fuck, when you listen to these dudes talk about music, mm -hmm. it's it's like they're talking about science sometimes. Yeah, oh yeah, totally. And And I think maybe... I wonder if that had to do with it as well. Yeah. Just like they needed to find the musicians that could understand their level of communication maybe. Right. And not take it personally too. It's so funny. Donald Fagan like comes across like an absolute dick like so often. You know what I mean? Um, and but I think it's just he's so meticulous and he has such a clear vision. It's like, you know, he can't stand to see it compromised, you know, Uh and then Walter Becker, I think, is just like a fucking wizard. You know what I mean? Right. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Know. I would say that that's fair. Yeah. And, but I yeah. Mean, Fagan, though, like his voice. Yeah. That's the thing, too. Is like, it's pretty incredible. Like, and when you see, when you see it, him in the documentary and how he's singing and sort of belting it and like, it comes, like, the soul that's in Steely Dan's music comes across a lot more when you like see that and then you can sort of hear it again, you know, um, later on, like once you go back and listen to the records, but yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting. I think it's also interesting how they like explicitly are like, you know, we liked black music, you know, like we grew up and, you know, we listened to like jazz and R and B and like, like, yeah, talking about like Junior Parker. Yeah, yeah, totally. So they once again, previously an all white band, they get Bernard Purdy to play drums on some shit, and they oh, get—I forget who the bass player is, but just like this dude, this this amazing funk player. Um, and you're like, yeah, you're just like, the whole approach to it was more like if you were a conductor, you know what I mean? And you're like, oh, on this song, I need I need Bernard Purdy. You know, because, like, my drummer just didn't grow up in New York playing in these clubs and, like, doesn't play like that, you know, so I want that. But then for this next song, I think I want a guitarist that, you know, has that L.A., you know, clean thing, you know, has that I went to music school thing, you know, whatever. So yeah. it's really cool how they sort of are, like, 
almost like a coach assembling a team, like drafting a team for every song, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's the, like the cool thing is like you have Bernard Purdy on for like two tracks, right? You know, and you have fucking and, Rick Murata and, um, how, no, not how Blaine, but fucking, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. I, but yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm just kind of like agreeing with what you're saying is like the way that, you know, you're kind of creating a roster, not just for the record, but for them like track to track and being right. okay with having like six different guitar players play right. on the record. Uh, Jim Keltner was the guy I was thinking of. But yeah, um, absolutely. And Chuck Rainey is who you were talking about on bass guitar. Yeah, dude, that guy's a motherfucker, <laughs> dude. It's amazing. Unreal. They go back into the, uh, you know, at the end of the documentary and they just like show the band playing. And it just like sounds so fucking good. <laughs> like it's just like it sounds like the record, yeah. but you know it's not because all of their little fills and in it, you know inflections are all different. And you know that that's sort of the thing. And that's another interesting thing about Steely Dan is that sometimes people like like it's hard to put them in a genre. You know, um, this isn't classic rock. This isn't really like you get to a song like asia it's like that's not really like a soul song that's like some that sounds like yes you know what i mean um it's all over the place and then you know it definitely has elements of jazz in that they're never playing the same song twice you know there's enough place for improvisation Mm -hmm. and fills and you know like the art the, the the instrumentalist voices come through you know so it's just like so cool because it's yeah it's it's hard to categorize because of that, but it gives you all these different things to listen to. Because on top of all that really interesting playing on an individual basis, you have these crazy songwriting, and it's like oh, you can just engage in the the odyssey of the songs, you know, or you can listen <laughs> to the fucking production. Yeah, you know what I mean. So it's cool. It's like all three of those things: the song, the production, and the the playing. And you just get uh, these like supreme hooks on almost every track as well. Yeah, like dude. there is some sort of like dude. ear candy in that way yeah. to draw you into each tune. Deacon Blues is a hook, the whole song. It's like seven and a half minutes of hooks. I was like wasn't really familiar with this thing like front to back, but hearing certain songs like Deacon Blues for sure um, is a track that like reminds me of Chicago summers. Hmm. Just because I placed this and I and I confirmed with my my cousin that I wasn't like making up memories, but I just remember like my aunt and uncle in Chicago, you know, going to visit them. 
and they would always throw barbecues and Blast this Steely is the Dan. type of music that would be on. It would yeah. always be like Steely Dan, Stevie Wonder. Totally. Um, but like, yeah, here in Deacon Blues just takes me back yeah, dude. to to those barbecues. And, and I liked, it's cool. They talk about kind of like the autobiographical nature of this particular tune of, of just mm-hmm. kind of their like suburban upbringing right. outside of New York. Right. And uh, yeah, just like that whole new york aesthetic Mm -hmm. and it's it's such a nice build too like the first minute is this like constant you know thickening of everything you know and you get these nice little horn pads for the last round and then at 120 you get into the hook hell yeah and it's just like man drink scotch whiskey all night long and die behind the wheel you know what i mean like and with the hit and die so fucking good and then that could be the end of the hook but it keeps on going you know and it's just like such a beautiful it's it's almost like a soli or something it's like so fucking good it's um yeah man this this tune is 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 really a um master class in in songwriting it's seven and a half minutes dude but it doesn't it doesn't feel that long because the whole time you're just like oh this is a vibe and then it goes to the solo and you're like yeah take me to the solo and we go back to the hook you know yeah dude this this whole record to me is is like a soundtrack Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, totally i whenever i'm listening to it it just creates a lot of a lot of visuals i feel like totally like just from the get-go with black cow yeah i feel like that's the jam where last call has been um, announced by the bartender and you're wrapping it up at the bar and then there's just this fucking montage of you and whomever you're going home with right or even if it's just like a crew of friends leaving the bar and like you stumbling out into the city (laughs) you know and just like you know it's it's uh it's it's just such a good fucking feel good vibe
And I love also, it, it, it reminds me some of these harmonies like at like 50 seconds. I love how it's like the whole band is super tight, you know, super like staccato, sort of like, you know, strut. And then, boom, at 48 seconds, there's the huge like, you know, crash with the sort of like the gospel backup vocals yes. that the remind me, they remind me of that fucking uh, Van Morrison record we did, you know? Um, oh yeah, that live album. Yeah, and then at 103, when it goes to I Can't Cry Anymore, it's just like, it just feels like a fucking like, you know, like a, like, like the heavens open up, you know? It's such a satisfying feeling, that part of the song. It's so funny talking, like listening to Donald Fagan speak about what a big black cow was. And, it, and basically he's just talking about a root beer float. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He's hilarious. like, I guess uh, another part of the country, they uh, call it something else. So there are other things. And I'm just like, yeah, like yeah. describing you mean a root beer it. Yeah, they're describing it. They're like, yeah, well, you take the... Uh, the ice cream and then you know you go over to the, the soda fountain over there and then uh, yeah he spends like they spend like a minute describing it <laughs> <laughs> like it's some profound yeah. lyric and at the end i was like in the same way i was like are they just they're just talking about a root beer float <laughs> like could have just <laughs> yeah. said that it's fucking pretty simple man so good dude but yeah the uh all of the returns into the uh the hook are just so so wonderful it's such a clear like you can tell right away that like this song is like pretty restrained in a lot of ways but there's still so many like subtleties like all those horn backgrounds um that writing is really cool the the gospel vocals uh the the super interesting like hook melodic thing like you can tell you're in for a record that's like this is again a fucking master class in writing, you know, like it's yeah. it's exactly what the what the doctor ordered, you know what I mean? Like and it's somehow, yeah, then you slide into Asia, the next track and it is that nearly 8 minute song. Yeah. And but I don't think when you're like listening to it, you're like, "Hey, this song's really fucking long, man. Like, yeah. let's wrap it up." Yeah, it's always somehow going Somehow they pull it off. Yeah. This song I will say is like this is the one that like sometimes if I'm at a party and I'm putting on this whole record, I might skip Asia because it's, it's the Pink Floyd one. It's the Odyssey, you know? Um, but again, Wayne. as far as songwriting goes, man, like you're saying how they make this song feel like it's like, it's all justified. It's like crazy. Yeah. And this is the track with Wayne Shorter on it. Yeah, dude. And I think Steve Gadd with the drum solo. Um, Oh, dude, like five minutes in, that that drum solo is like unreal. It's crazy. Is that like, is that kind of one of those things for you as a drummer? Like first time you hear that, that section, just next level. Yeah. Mind blown. I mean, it's super sick. I think that, uh, I think that it's also like, gets cooler as it gets older i'm gonna put it on in my head because again like the first time i heard it i was also sort of like not not just the drum solo but the whole song this song is super extra you know what i mean it, it's
it's insane. The drum solo is super nasty. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it's super cool that him and Wayne are blowing at the same time. Like, that's the coolest part. Yeah. That like, yeah, man. It's, um, the chord, well, the chord decisions, all of, all of these decisions are really cool, including the decision to make this the second song on the record. Right. I think right. that so many other bands, I really think that like seven out of 10 other bands would put this as the last song on the record. And that makes sense, but this is so much more of an interesting and opinionated place to put it, you know? And also it's, uh, I think it's just kind of something we talked about with the land to talk album too. It's just, if you can pull your, the people you want listening to this record front to back in that first, that first track, they're just going to trust whatever, right. Whatever you want to roll into. Right. You know? Yeah. This song's, so, this song's pretty crazy, man. It's, um, yeah, the, the real drum solo comes in at the end here on seven minutes. production like i really appreciate that those drums sound super dry and like sort of sounds like billy cobham almost just like mahavishnu yeah it doesn't sound like they're in some massive room yeah it's not that phil collins sound you know which not hating on it but like it it, you know that's really cool like that it's not you know yeah it would just be so unnecessary to like put this big gated reverb yeah uh you know effect on the drums then you get to also how could they have Phil Phil and his man hadn't even developed that that's technique. Right, that's right. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Phil Collins would have done a much no, better. No, but I drum I hear solo. you overall like just to like kind of keep those to keep those drums feeling super tight, Fuddy, yeah, and not super massive. Yeah, is is a is a pretty dope effect. Um, then you get to Peg. I mean, we already talked about Deacon Blues, but Peg, right? Is Peg, man. Is the banger? It's the that single. It's the shortest song on the record. That's a crazy for fact. Sure, that's one of the ones that uh, that Chuck Rainey like really goes in on the bass guitar, and they talk yeah. about his slap bass playing on Peg. Mm-hmm. Because they, they say so that fucking good. He sort of wanted to, because that was what the music was calling for, but they didn't want him to so he didn't until they got to the bridge and then he was like then i just did it
This is also uh, a track with Michael McDonald. Yeah, and he talks the, about how, vocals. how close the harmonies were and how hard it was to sing them because the intervals were so small that you know he kept on having a hard time hitting the note because he's used to singing wider harmonies. And it's cool because, like, you know, I love how, you know, the guys were like, we're not going to just take close enough like we want the harmony to be this <laughs> like sing it <laughs> you know like and uh you know that's uh that's about having the vision yeah absolutely dude how many guitarists oh, did they went through they went they went through six seven guitarists on the solo there's I don't know. They they they. Cr- <laughs> There's just so many different players on this whole record. Oh, I mean, on just on Peg. You remember that part of the documentary when they're like, we had a different guitarist come in and do thirty takes. We had six guitarists. <laughs> they went through six guitarists because they're just like, oh no, like that's just not you know, it's not the one. Let's have a different guy come tomorrow do the solo. Let's have a different right. guy come. They had at least six. I think it might have been seven that they went. And it ends through. up being Steve Kahn, yeah, on the uh, the guitar. But it's Jay Graydon who kills that solo on that track. It's super cool because um, you know in that documentary again they uh, talk about or they're talking about the shit in front of the booth, in front of the board. So they're just like turning things up and down and cueing them on and off, and they pull up some original like previous takes of peg guitar solos there's like some yeah. crazy sweet picking shit and there's like there's a lot more a lot of the takes that they passed on were a lot more shreddy you know and the one that they found is sort of like a little understated in a cool way and i think it's like right. a much more musical choice but it's really cool to again if you haven't had enough of a plug uh go go watch that documentary um have you uh most of that documentary most of that documentary is uh, the classic album series. Have you seen any of the other ones? No. It, they're all pretty great. I bet. There's a, next time we link up, I have the DVD of the Phil Collins Face Value one, which is okay. Phil's first yeah. record. Cool. The one uh, with In the Air Tonight. The, and the, the series? It's called Classic Albums. Word. And, uh, yeah, it's just really cool. Like, like with what you're saying, because they're usually always at the board yeah, at some point and just really focusing in on these parts and kind of just letting you hear things really raw. Totally. And it's super fucking interesting just to like get to hear some of that stuff. And it's also cool seeing them in front of just, a board like that, you know? Yeah. Like you're just and like, just Damn. them having the ability to really like talk about what they want to talk 
this looks about sick, dude. In, like in huge detail. They do the Stevie Wonder songs yeah, in the it's key a great, of life. They do the band self-titled Electric Ladyland, Fleetwood Rumors. Yeah, dude. Electric Ladyland is 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 fucking great, man. Are these all There's, on YouTube? Uh, most of them are. That is I've, dope. Oh, they the, did Reasonable I've Doubt too. Only seen a handful of. Uh, I've only seen a handful of them, and they're they never disappoint. Cool. So, big plug for classic albums. They're they're all pretty old. It was yeah. like a late '90s series, I believe, or early 2000s. It went so. through uh, um, 2000 and. 2013 and then they rebooted it and they're doing it again in 2020 they did tears for fears the the record very cool yeah that's a great series though yeah not in not quite as quality as this program no here but it's close they're doing what they can can they're doing what they can should we play a song let's play a Let's play one of these tunes. Let's play... Ooh, I mean, I want to play Deacon Blues. No one's going to be upset about it. Let's play Deacon Blues. And then we can talk about the back half.
All right, second half of the record. Home at last, dude. What do you think? Bernard Purdy, the Purdy Shuffle. This is this is drumming greatness here. It was fun listening to them talk about how they went out to L.A. to go make this record. Mm -hmm. And while they were in L.A. making this record, all they were writing about was New York. Yep. And and their their you know their home. And then they went back to New York to finish the record. And all they could write about is their experience in California. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) And, and this is like one of those tracks that they talk about. Yeah. And, and it definitely, there does seem to be this like different attitude to this track. And even in the guitar licks, I think Mm -hmm. you mentioned that earlier when you were talking about, you know, different LA session players and it, it kind of just does have this West coast vibe to some of those guitar licks, I think. such a again like if you listen to all the inner voicings and all of the things that are going on like from the way that the chords are voiced to uh the horn lines and just like you know there's sort of like a, a regalness it feels like some like and also just like the main horn line is like just I don't even know what to how to describe it. It's swinging in the best way possible. It's, it's like got yeah, so much. Dude, it's, it's like it's swag. It's a swaggy horn line, you know. Well, I think like so much of this record is is all the attitude yeah. of the voicings, totally. Of every instrument, mm-hmm. including Fagan's vocals totally. and all of the backup vocals, it's a it's an attitude yeah, exactly. with this whole record. And I love that. Uh, like the journalist is speaking at a certain point in that documentary and just kind of talking about how much like they really are just in the middle of jazz and pop Mm -hmm. and allies of both. Yeah, totally. Is how, how he puts it, I believe. Totally. And you just, I think you have so many musicians in both of those worlds that love Steely Dan. Totally. And like, yeah, it's just, it's really interesting how they're able to pull it off and balance the two. Yeah. And then, you know, them talking about the lyrical content or whatever of 
the tracks they <clears throat> wrote in New York or opposed to LA, it kind of just goes back to that. Like geography is a mindset. Mm-hmm. And, and another one of those things last time you talked about how big of a role the engineer has mm-hmm. in making a record and like another one of the things that is a big impact on the record is the environment that it seems to be made totally. into at times. Oh, and yeah. maybe it depends upon the uh, the artists themselves and how much value they put into the environment that they're recording it in. Right. But I don't know. Just, you know, we've talked about also just like different sounds coming out of different regions of just America. Yeah. And... It's uh, it's just dope that that has such a a stamp. It's on so a, on a creation. It's so clear, you know what I mean? It's like it's like an accent. You know what I mean? Like you can tell where things are from. You know? Yeah. And it, I I don't even think it's a choice so much. Like I think you are influenced by where you are. You know? And that For doesn't sure. mean you have to be that thing you can be actively working against it or subconsciously working against it, but that still is, you know, it's like, it's still a part of it, you know? Yeah. I mean, even like outside of, you know, making a record, it is like all environment, Mm -hmm. even recording this, like this would obviously be way doper if you and I were in the same room. Sure, it would be like, different. This is fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is fun for sure. It's all but right. But there are like things that we have to deal with right. that we wouldn't have to deal with if we were just kicking it in the same room, right. you know? Like smoking two different joints. <clears throat> well, I mean, it, it's COVID times, yeah, baby. Oh, yeah, so we got to be on those those pandemic I got the vaccine, uh, individual joints. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, yeah. Not sure what I was going to say. But environment, environment, you know, yeah, environment has impact, and uh, it has to, man, it has to, and yeah, I just love that 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 seemed to spark something completely different for them. There's an interesting. Um, have you listened to Rick Rubin's podcast? I haven't listened to many episodes. He did I've a two to, uh, episode a one with Kenny Beats recently. Um, who's produced for a million rappers and yeah. a bunch of other shit. Um, and he has that all... series where he just like makes a beat real quick. Yeah. 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 And He's yeah, sick. That's a, He's that's sick. a, that's a great, that's a great, uh, video series. Yeah. And, um, he is talking the whole time about geography and how it relates to hip hop and beats and like how, like in parts of Texas, like it's really big right now to just be rapping over drums, just over 808s, you know? <clears throat> and then like Detroit has its own thing, you know, using like the acid bass, which ties back into techno and stuff like, and it's, and it makes so much sense. And I, I listened to both of them. And I loved it. Uh, he talks about Memphis a lot. Cause like, that's a lot of the same way that I've sort of always thought about things is geographically, you know, and like being like, Oh, that's not a coincidence that like that thing goes there and comes back and sounds like the, you know, it's like, it's it's just like any other part of culture you know like geography it has a huge part yeah definitely dude. all right my favorite part of i got the news is the hits the hits that happen oh, it's so good it's like 
come out of nowhere and they're so quick and it's this like little moment of like yeah it just jumps out another track too that has michael mcdonald mm-hmm. on the backups but yeah dude just the the hits on the keys on this one the technicality of all the playing with on the keys mm-hmm. on this particular track is so good and uh i think this is like one of those another one of the tracks on the record where they do such a good job of blending those like pop sensibilities with the the jazz playing right you know and and somehow making this a song interesting for like the heads to listen to Mm -hmm. but also for the people that maybe just like want to dance and hang and have a good time and aren't paying attention too much to maybe the technicality of what's happening right right yeah man i love that two minute mark where the group vocals kick in and then it slides into that guitar solo. Yeah. so interesting a lot of these guitar solos really clean tone there's no like distorted big you know stadium arena sound and that's another sort of like very jazzy clear tone just sort of thinking about like you know the shapes yeah like what's gonna cut through Mm -hmm. too Mm -hmm. yeah there there is really especially on that particular one it's it's almost like this just this bare guitar, like yeah. electric guitar. Yeah, no, it's just like just the amp. Yeah, clean. No reverb, anything. This whole whole record in general is pretty dry. It's like not a very verb heavy record. Which I think is just interesting, you know? Like again, like that drum solo we were talking about, super dry. Yeah. But it, I I mean at the same time where maybe you could like say some people could maybe say it lacks energy. I think it has all kinds of feel for being such a polished dry record at times. Yeah. It's amazing. Like it's amazing. This, uh, 
I, I think that people that think that this record doesn't have feel or soul haven't listened to it in headphones by themselves. You know what I mean? Because I understand, again, like this could sound like some shit at your, your not cool dad's barbecue or whatever. But like it also could be some cool Chicago summertime barbecue shit. Dude, I <laughs> you know I'm just I'm just feeling it and like even you know, even some of those horn moments on this record can kind of give you those like what what record were we talking about that had like the Saturday Night Live vibe horns? It yeah. might have been the uh the the Willie Bobo record. Yeah. We've brought out Saturday think- Night Live a couple times. <laughs> yeah, but it, I don't know. It can have those moments, but they just feel right to me. Or maybe I'm just like down. I guess maybe I'm I, yeah, fucking, they just, I'm obviously down for yeah, it. I don't know. I feel like it's just like somewhere in this process, they win you over and you know, you put your guard down as far as that, you know, dude, how about at the end of, I got the news. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe when there's about 40 seconds left okay, and it gets back into those like cool piano drum hits. Yeah. But then you get like that palm muted guitar. Yeah. That starts. Oh, dude. Yeah, dude. Subtle, right? Like. But it makes it move so much. And that's the thing that like, that's why I say like, you know, listen to the shit with headphones on, you know, don't just like put it on your iPhone speaker while you're doing the dishes. Like that's not going to yeah. do it. Like you have to put your headphones I mean, on. It, it won a Grammy for best engineer yeah. album, probably for a reason, yeah. you know, not that the Grammys mean Jack anything shit. Yeah. or everything right. at all the time, right. but I would imagine it, it sounds pretty goddamn good. And I definitely got to listen to it in headphones. Yeah. A lot. I love Josie. It starts it starts like it's some like seventies prog rock. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like Like the guitar intro is so funny to me. It's funny because I when I think about like what that reminds me of, I actually feel like it kind of has one of those Tom Petty esque totally. intros. And especially with the guitar tones used mm-hmm. on it, mm-hmm. I feel like we could be, you know, definitely heading down a road. And then you get the hits Petty immediately. And, it, and the hits yeah. are like totally not Tom Petty. You know what I mean? Like the chord choices of the hits, pretty fucking out. Like the first 15 seconds of the song don't really make sense. So good though. I love how like how open it is with like the vocal and the drums. Yeah. Like there's so much space for everything. And then this is one of the tracks where they talked about doubling the bass line.
that just seems to that's another thing that just seems to like add so much of that like the attitude to it yeah and then just yeah maybe it's doubling the baseline that gives it that kind of impact attitude wise and they're doing this classic thing that is a great mechanism in songwriting where you're like staccato and snappy for the verse you know bass is sort of like you know palm muted and you know just the stabs on the keys and then you get to the hook and everything opens up you know what i mean things get more legato he starts using the ride you know the chords become held as opposed to stabbed yeah and then you get that really nice opening feeling when you get into the hook and then once you go back that's the even more rewarding part because going from the legato like airy chorus to the bam hooky verse This is uh, this is one I've come to late, but this. So is, you like it? I'm glad. I think just a really fucking. I mean, I liked it when I heard it the first right, right, time right. through. But now you realize uh, why it's like people. But I wasn't also. I, I wasn't listening intently. Yeah. Yeah, I I totally understand. It's uh the recognition that it gets, and um, I just think as far as. The way it's built is is very much like a cool concept record in some way. Even though I know that these tunes have really nothing to do with each other, I just think front to back it's like the sequencing, yep. the flow of the record. Absolutely. Is like the balance of everything that we've talked about as far as the the instrumental break moments, but then, you know, them leaving you want wanting those hooky moments too. Right. It's it's so good. And it's such it's also rad cuz I fucking love uh the Sorry, I'm spacing on the name. Which record is it? Steely Dan the one record. I talked about last time with Dirty Work. Or uh yeah. So I love Can't Buy a Thrill. <clears throat> and that's the first Steely Dan record. And that's the one with uh, so it's cool. Reeling in the Years. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And that's it's it's fucking awesome to like hear the difference between those two records cuz they're such a different absolutely. vibe. Absolutely. Like, it's Can't Buy a Thrill is the record I want to listen to 
probably anytime, but I, I picture that record road trip, road trip. Yep. You know, it reminds me cruising on tour. I mean, it's got that vibe and of like Simon you and Garfunkel, this on while you, you know, like at times. Yeah. And it's also got some like, um, Hall and Oates. Yeah. Cause it, I mean, it also has like those moments that people would maybe, you know, think are cheesy. Right. Right. But maybe even it, it's like a different level of cheese because you're also instrumentation wise and feel wise with Can't Buy a Thrill. You're more in this band Grateful Dead kind of lane. Yeah, it's a band. And you can tell that like like that sounds like a band that's playing live concerts and you know write songs yeah. together write songs in the in the practice space together whereas like you know you you can't unhear how much of a studio masterpiece you know both asia and gaucho are have you listened to gaucho i i that'll be next on the list i guess check it I, out i haven't listened to that i will say the song gaucho it's a little too much for me as far as the the like you know pretty pretty corny but the rest of that record just put on hey 19 real quick in your earphones just just listen to it for a sec sorry i'm listening to dirty work right now it's (laughs) just like maybe one of my favorite songs of all time it is an amazing song it's so good (laughs) um let's see where you at gaucho gaucho Hey, 19. Yeah. Or time out of mind. It's like the same groove. No, this is sick. It's funny. Steely Dan is definitely one of those bands where I'll put on a record and hear a few songs and I'm just like, oh yeah, I know Steely Dan. Totally. Oh yeah. Do you know, That's how it was though. That that whole first experience of "Can't Buy a Thrill." I was like, I know like most of the songs yeah. on this record. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, have you heard this song, "Hey 19? That's on in your in your headphones right now. It sounds very familiar. How about "Babylon Sisters," the one before? But I it? also feel like this song sounds like it's in that Asia world. Play uh, "Babylon Sisters" real quick. First track on that record. Yeah, Gaucho. Yeah, this tune, this tune is... All of their songs from, like, Asia on sound like they could be, like, the theme song to any 80s TV show. Yeah. This shit has some, like, Pink Panther vibes. I feel like I'm gonna fucking watch an episode of Law & Order right now. (laughs) Like, the old school Law & Order, not this SVU stuff. Tell us how you feel about SVU. It's pretty heavy. So you like it? <laughs> it's dark. It's dark. I don't know. I haven't watched it in years. I feel like that's definitely a show I used to watch. Like, I would just watch a couple episodes of, though, for some reason. I, I think it's my it. parents. Yeah. My parents were pretty into shows like that. Sierra watches that. West like, uh, yeah. Yeah. It's kind of it's kind of one of those things. It's not, it's not very uplifting. That's nice. I mean, it's... Yeah. It's the sexual victims unit. So, oh, Jesus. Yeah, it's pretty. It's usually not great. Yeah, I'm a, a 
Yeah, I would. Uh, I would Close recommend missing out that. <laughs> Are you at the part where they're singing yet? Ooh, at yeah. 127 though, with Babylon's sister, shake it. pretty uh you know they they they've carved out their their own pretty unique section of the the zeitgeist for music i agree and they've also i wouldn't say that they've paved the way for other people because there really aren't any other people um that are like them you know but yeah it's um i think that they have like done done that i think they've opened a lot of doors for bands even though they might not sound exactly like steely dan like what do you think about maybe a hiatus code coyote hiatus coyote being influenced by steely dan i'm sure yeah i'm sure they listen to steely dan like again i think anybody that's really interested in composition you know and songwriting and then yeah. also just like a masterful um like um what's the word i don't know just their ability to like put all this together in the studio the arrangements you know right like it's right. not just great songwriting it's like it's the ear. they went in in the lego box and they put these pieces together <laughs> you know what i mean like Fuck they got the dude. correct legos awesome. or you know they showed what you can do you know just I, assembling I wish, this shit i wish there was a big enough budget for this show for me to have a video person make the visual for the the legos <laughs> yeah. happening and everything that that would be the dream also a gta video from last episode where we're talking about ink oh yeah yeah <laughs> God, that ink <laughs> record so good. Yeah, um, no, but I feel I feel you. I feel what you're saying. There. The nice thing sure. about both Asia or here, real quick, before you, uh, one more, you gotta listen to "Time Out of Mind." Put that on, and then that'll be enough. This is on Gaucho. Yeah, that'll be enough of a three of the seven that you know are bangers to get you to listen to the oh, whole Jesus. record. Um, yeah, dude. Sorry. I'll join, my, uh... I'll join you here. I think you're probably like 10 seconds in. Um, the best thing about both of these records is that you can get them at almost every record store. Like, they're I have it already. Really? <laughs> That's amazing. Okay.
I bought I bought a lot uh, a lot of records one time um, just to kind of dip my feet in reselling records. Cool. And uh, there is there was I bought like a hundred records and I kept like ten of them for myself. Nice. And this is one of them. Dope. Hell yeah. Yeah. Well, Gaucho also so. you can get for like eight bucks in. Yeah, all their records. Dude, they're like pretty, first. pretty easy to find for a cheap, yeah, cheap price. Which is awesome, because they're they're late enough. You know, it's like 1980, 1977. Like, this shit was. It's like easier to find those. It's easier to find like that Tom Petty from this era. You know, they just yeah. made like hella records. <laughs> they're like, all right, cool. Fifty thousand yeah, copies. One of, press them. There's. It's funny though, because they're still like also one of those bands that gets a lot of fucking hate too. Steely Dan. So their records do end up being, yeah, 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 yeah. They end up be, like they do end up being like pretty cheap. They're funny, it's man. Like, it's also, funny how they're controversial. You can go find like, what do you mean, like controversial? Oh, just like the as far as like just you musically love or hate them, yeah. Yeah, it's just like, but I get or you it. You either think that they're like fucking soft, or you think they're like amazing. Yeah, I just find that interesting. Like, and it's like people, people are passionate about Steely Dan. They either passionately like Steely yeah. Dan, or they're like, "This is trash," which is funny to me. I, I don't know. It's yeah, it's I not say, bad or good. It's just like that's oh, funny, <laughs> weird. I've only developed my liking for Steely Dan over the last few years, but I'm I'm with it. You know, I can't speak for the whole catalog, but you got two two records yeah. so far that I'm just like all in on. Well, and real quick, the songwriting one, is obviously like one more. I want really to know. amazing. I want to know your thoughts on play uh, Kid Charlemagne. This is the song that got me into Steely Dan. Uh, yeah, I actually checked this out like right before we got going. So you recognize and the I was sample? Kinda, like, I I didn't maybe uh, I didn't maybe give it the time it needs, but I wasn't I wasn't necessarily like feeling this right from the get go. just the Kanye sample man you know that that graduation record yeah I don't know it as well as you though so like I don't know if I'm gonna right grab this sample right away uh which track is it Kid Charlie man the first one no what track is it on the the Kanye oh uh champion the second one maybe the first one on that record got it going second song okay yeah that, yeah mm. this Kanye beats crazy and that's a that's a that's a sample clinic for, for everyone right there yeah. this Kanye song is crazy that's that shit so if you gonna do it do it just like this Wow, the crowd is. You don't see just how fly my style is. I don't see why I 
need a stylist When I shot so much, I can speak Italian I don't know, I just want it better for my kids And I ain't saying we was from the projects But every time I want to lay away or deposit My dad say when you see And how he flips the the vocals for the verse too With the repeated Yeah Classic Kanye lyric I don't see why I need a stylist When I shop so much I can speak Italian (laughs) Um, So we don't have to pick records for next time Because we already know that we're doing Third Eye Blind self-titled We're doing the self-titled First fucking Third Eye Blind record And we're going to talk about A lot of that shit and about all the crazy industry this will be a good one to talk about like music industry shit on because that third eye blind shit seemed like it went crazy after that second record with yeah the fucking rights and shit definitely lots of uh lots of lawsuits and band drama for as long as i can remember third eye blind being in existence there's always been a, a shifting in members and kind of always seems like there's something going on there but it'll also just be fun because that's i mean we'll talk about it but you're just talking about a record that is like the soundtrack to my formative years my team my junior high absolutely years this record comes out absolutely and everybody's got it so it'll be cool to jump into that i just want to talk about graduate for like an hour because it's a banger do you (laughs) I'm gonna probably talk about how it's my least favorite single from that. Really? Um, no, I'm just uh, Damn. potentially, potentially. I think that record is. I listened to it the other day because I know that we're gonna jump into it, and I was like, "Oh, this is cool." I'm really, really stoked to just kind of like hear what you think because I I know that you only kind of know the, the singles off yep. the record, but also I feel like there's a lot of them. I mean, it's a long record. It's a long but record got to be four to five singles off that album yeah and i mean that's what they were doing in late 90s like 15 song album with five singles (laughs) yeah and i don't want to like jump too heavy into it but i think at that time there was a lot of records that came out with 14 tracks and maybe seven of them were good yeah and i think that's a record where 12 to 14 of them are good totally so um that'll be cool um but because we don't have to pick i was just curious if there's you know outside of this asia record and outside of the asia documentary that people can check out what's uh what have you been digging this week or like have you seen any movies or anything that's like kind of fucking like yo you need to check this out well i was watching i watched all of uh i just finished the vow which is that crazy HBO uh, documentary series. It's like seven or nine episodes about this fucking sex cult in yeah. fucking New York, and that was pretty bonkers. Yeah. Um, I, heavy. A what? Heavy. Heavy, yes. Uh, I've been playing this amazing video game called Hyperlight Drifter. It's like very dope. 16-bit small yeah. fucking manufacturer very cool for it's for every console um yeah as far as listening i got a lot of stuff i want to listen to i've been listening to a lot of dj mixes like i uh i listened to 
some K Trinata mix and I listened to a Jamie XX mix and I listened to the guy from Selection, uh, Joe, what's his name? Oh yeah. Uh, man. Yeah. It's so crazy. Um, it's a lot of shit, you know, this is, this is like not with the intention of name dropping, mm-hmm. but it's, it's funny because I had Andre power on my podcast, like really early on. Who is Andre and he power? Was like, uh, he's on soul election. Oh, tight. Hell yeah. And like, Oh, you, it's funny. I be- remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, totally. It's funny because like at that time, soul election was, just starting to get some buzz mm-hmm. and i actually just like met him through a friend quaz yeah and the homie quaz was like yo dude uh this dude andre is coming through and quaz has been on the podcast before right. and he was like andre is coming through he's doing a dj say you should try to like talk to him and uh we linked up and and had a cool chat it must have been i don't know 15 to 20 episodes into the podcast you That's know real like early real early into it yeah uh 40 episodes maybe at best and you know like a year or two later he's you know djing coachella yeah you know just like really doing his thing and it was very it was just it was just cool i was kind of uh i was so early on at that point that i just i had no reference for like even what he was doing at that point you know so it's it's just uh it's cool. I like listening to those DJ mixes too, especially maybe someone that's not necessarily like a DJ themselves. Actually, mm-hmm. like um, the dude from Tyco does a lot of DJ sets. Mm-hmm. I guess it's unfair for me to say he's not a DJ. I don't. I, yeah, damn. Maybe gatekeeping. He obviously is. A, he obviously is a DJ. Seems like he is. If he does cool. DJ sets, it's cool to, uh, you know. Just check out some of those those boiler room sets. Boiler rooms, the shit. I was awesome, watching that case or not a boiler room, which is hilarious. Man, Have that, you watched that? I don't know that I've seen that one. It's from 2013 in Montreal, and it's an amazing set. It's like really killing, and it's so fucking funny to watch because like everybody's super fucked up, you know, and like it's pretty light because like usually at like you know it's like big late night dj sets it's like fucking dark so even though everyone's on whatever whatever they're on like you know they still uh like you're not looking at them in the eye but on this case renata video you can just see everybody and it's like it's a the some of the comments were great some of the comments were like imagine if this was the only you know remnant of human society for the for the aliens to find shit like that so <laughs> i recommend uh i definitely recommend watching that Trinata set hell yeah also the there's one from the de la soul dj can't think of his name right now but he yeah, has this rooftop um, set maceo that's one that trent turned me on to maceo um a while back and th- yeah that's a fucking mm-hmm that's a super good one as well so yeah yeah man well good shit man what Um, are you listening to anything i'm listening to a lot of things um but i did check out because of donald fagan mentioning junior parker Mm -hmm. i checked out the love ain't nothing but a business going on record and that's that's a fucking great record i don't know it i'll check it out that's one that's one that I'm I'm getting into 
because of watching that Steely Dan deal. Um, also, the new Biggie documentary on Netflix. Is that a one-shot um, doc, or is it like a episodes? No, it's a, it's just a like 90-minute doc. Cool. Yeah, I'll watch that. Yeah, man, it's cool. Biggie's always been like my favorite rapper. Yeah, and I think he's. It I was cool just to rapper. There's no one that's a better. It, it was rapper. cool just to hear hear a different uh, side of things and get to hear just more in depth stuff with uh, people that were around mm-hmm. watching that stuff and even you know just getting to hear the stuff that that Diddy has to say about it. You know, I wonder what Diddy had to this, say this far out on it. Diddy's, you know, a, and just, Diddy's a funny dude, man. Yeah. Um, I liked, I liked what he, how he delivered shit cool. in that particular doc. Cool. And also that like, there's so much of his mom talking about him of Biggie's mom. And that's, yeah. yeah. And that shit's pretty special. Totally. The same with that that Jay Dilla crate diggers that I was watching mm-hmm. today. It's a lot of his mom just talking about how they have to go and, and just how mad she was out yeah. to the record store. Cause he didn't want mad Lib to get the records before he did. Right. In right. Pasadena. Amazing. Um, yeah. Shit's cool, man. Outside of that YouTube, though. YouTube. I have like 15 things pulled up right now that I want to watch. Just, you know, endless. Yeah, it's crazy. It's too much. It's too much stuff, man. A lot of shit. It's too much stuff. I also recently, uh, I got to finish the the finale in the next couple nights. But there's a a show called Bear Town on HBO. It's like all the bears um, are are people are bears. <laughs> no, it's actually it's actually a Swedish show. Word. And it's about this very small town in Sweden called. Bjornstad, okay, which is Bear Town, okay, and Look at you it's a very Swedish, small. Huh? No, I just can't pronounce <laughs> the title of the fucking show. <laughs> um, so, are you watching in subtitles? It's a Swedish show. Yeah. Oh fuck yeah, dude. Yes. Um, I, it's it's really great. It's about this very small hockey town in Sweden. Oh cool. Where like this town, you know, lives and breathes cool. for this very small hockey club but uh a controversy takes place around the team and it's it's intense Where are but you it's i think it's like watching i think it. it's very cool i'm watching it on hbo go cool, or whatever cool. hbo max and it's intense but i think it's like it's very good content for right now and i think it's it's cool conversations Dope. um to be you know, have some light put upon, I think for, for the current age, just, just as far as like some of that fucking, you know, the mentality of like a boys, a boys sports team and shit, you know? Yeah. A lot of, a lot of entitlement on a boys sports team. I'll tell you what, a lot of (laughs) bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. And just a lot of dudes trying to fucking man up to each other. Yeah. Yeah. Trying to prove, trying to be harder than the other person nobody being like some of that shit's good and and some of it's very bad (laughs) yeah you know and yeah the way that the way that it works is that it doesn't really work yeah and it also kind of like sheds light on uh 
maybe what it's like to be somebody that's experiencing some some early stardom in their life or mm-hmm. like maybe an athlete ju- that just gets like preferential right, treatment right. because of what they do for how they lift up a city right, or right, a right. small town so bear town's killer man and i've just been also uh i'm just way more open to watching things with subtitles now i love and okay i don't know why it took me so long to to come around to stuff but some of my favorite things that i've seen in the last like couple years now yeah <clears throat> have been stuff that's in another language yeah like that dark series yep the sci-fi series yep. one of my it's it's a german series and i just can't watch the overdubs of shit no it's like it's Subs, not too dubs, distracting man. for me all day and also i don't want to hear yeah i also just like don't want to hear some interpretation of what they were trying yeah. to say no totally either necessarily um, so have you done any yeah, like that, that dark series like absolutely blew my mind have you watched much japanese uh movies uh not a ton i would say i've seen more like korean stuff hirokazu koreeda is this japanese director that makes a bunch of amazing films and uh i recommend checking out his shit um shoplifters okay. is a good place to start uh okay it's yeah his shit's it's just Writing so good man it's also <laughs> good and you've i assume you've seen like bong joon ho shit parasite and he's korean but uh oh dude parasite blew me away yeah parasite's amazing that movie's amazing um, one of my favorite revenge movies is uh, this movie called I Saw the Devil. It's this Korean movie. Tight. And it's so brutal. And uh, just the way that the characters react to one another is is fucking just next level. Have you so. have you watched any like anime? I'm a I've, I'm. I like a lot I, of anime. I I I haven't really I haven't been able to uh to get over that bear like right. I haven't found anything yet that has gotten me super fired up to be like well maybe I do like anime. Right. Well there's like, like I'll watch it if somebody else is watching it but I don't personally have a whole lot of uh desire to watch it. Right. Yeah, there's movies. The movies and the TV shows are all. It's all. There's, there's so much. I'm sure there's some shit that that you would like, but most familiar with like Last Airbender stuff. So. Yeah, that show's great, dude. Avatar is amazing. Um, have yeah. you watched any Miyazaki shit? That's where like a lot of people start. No. He did like Totoro, and um, I recommend. I think you would really like Spirited Away put that on your list i think that you've maybe mentioned that to me multiple times so i'll have to like actually take care of that one day like just read just go on the wikipedia for spirited away and you'll be like oh this is like miyazaki like this you just be like this is something i should see you know yeah so yeah lots of movies man 
Lots of movies. I I would like to watch more. I watched, I forgot what I watched, but I watched a movie the other night. Oh, we watched Nomadland. Have you heard of that? I haven't checked that out yet. It's on my list of things to watch. It was good. Intense. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Um, what should we play the episode out with? Should we just like go ahead and play it out with the, you pick whatever. I think maybe we should just fucking send it with the self-titled track Asia. Yeah. Go with fucking 15 minutes of music in this episode between two songs. (laughs) 15 and a half. Why not? Why not? Fuck it. You're going to hear the Odyssey. The song is a saga. (laughs) Song sounds like yes. And, um, I'll put all the links in the episode notes so people can uh, keep up with the both of us and all of your music projects and uh, as well as uh, DistroKid. Shout out to DistroKid for sponsoring this thing. And uh, make sure to hit that link so you can get 30% off all of the uh, your first year of DistroKid membership, which I think makes it like 12 or $15 for the entire year if you just do the... Uh, the, math. the single artist package and it's crazy there's uh they're offering a whole lot there and you can also uh, check out my chat that i had with the one of the directors over at distro kid daniel g Harmon. that episode of the podcast came out uh just this past week now so you can you can check out that if you want to learn more about distro kid look at Cuzo coming through with the uh got you with the horn got you. I feel like that you you finally like got it in there properly. It didn't you didn't stumble three times well, before so you were trying to, to me, make it you know? happen. I you know I just have so much fun when I. It's funny that DistroKid is sponsoring the when podcast. I do the horn. No, that's that's cool. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. That's cool. I love DistroKid. I have used DistroKid for many many years, and. The coolest thing about DistroKid is that they respond to your emails if you're confused as to what the fuck is is going on. Like, they actually hit you back, you know? No other places don't do that shit. It's awesome. Customer service is uh, supreme. It's on point. They're distributing a third of the world's music at this point and uh let them distribute yours hit the link it is it's wild it's wild and uh appreciate the fuck out of them for supporting this thing and uh appreciate the fuck out of you cuzzo for uh continuing to treach on with this volume 14 of i dig records we're we're, uh, we're getting deep into it dude yeah man yeah we're doing good we're doing good it's going to show up as Call 14 it what you will. you're the upload person, so I get it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's true. Third Eye Blind but, coming uh, at you next. Complete vibe Third Eye Blind coming at you next. And then a complete vibe. I'm sure we'll go. Yeah. No genres in this podcast. Nope. We go from Steely Dan to uh, Third Eye Blind to Deep Down the Jazz Rabbit Hole. Mm-hmm. All over the place here. Jazz Rabbits and, uh, Playing it out with that Asia self-titled track And uh, Love you cuz Love you cuz
Up on the hill 